with me to the book of Matthew, Matthew the 17th chapter, praise God. Um, I want you to use your faith tonight to learn about faith. Amen? So that, that sounds like an odd statement, Pastor Mark. Well, are you believing with me that the Lord's going to give us utterance? And believing with me that He's going to reveal some things to us that we haven't seen? And um, You know, we've all had those experiences. I, I trust that you've had those experiences when... Um, uh, who was it that testified Sunday night that the, it was like the scales fell off the rise? Was that you? See, Josh, amen. So we've all had those experiences where it's like, even after we were born again, it's like all of a sudden we see stuff that we've not been able to see before. And, um, and so let's believe together that we will see some things inwardly concerning this important subject of faith Amen, that we haven't seen before. Can you agree and believe with me on that? All right, amen. So Matthew, the 17th chapter, and um, we'll begin at verse 14. Um, I tell you what, let me, uh, let me talk to you for just a second and we'll look at the verse, okay? Um, we're continuing our study on the subject of faith matics. And um, some of tonight's message is going to be a review from November the 20th. And um, I, I don't apologize for that. I'm just letting you know the reason that I feel led of the Holy Spirit to do that is there's some really important answers that we covered uh, the last time we were together on a Wednesday night that I really feel like we don't need to rush through. In other words, we need to go back and make sure we got some of that nailed down before we move forward. And some of it I was, I was trying to get to a certain point um, that night, and I rushed some things that I really felt later that I, I shouldn't have rushed. And so I'll tell you that um, in advance uh, so that um, if it sounds like you've heard some of it before, it's because you have. Amen. But we said that faith matics is talking about, uh, you know, it means to carry out and accomplished by the established manner of faith. And Studying faithmatics is how we become a faithmetician. Amen. And a faithmetician is someone with extensive knowledge and skills in the use of faith to solve otherwise impossible life problems. Amen. So we are believing tonight to increase in our knowledge and skills, uh, our faith skills, our faith knowledge. Amen. Can you agree with me on that again? All right. So Matthew chapter 17, this is an interesting story that has a lot of truth that we can um, draw from. It says, and when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, to Jesus, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. In other words, it, it, it happened immediately. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? Okay. Look at me for a moment before we go any further. Why could we not cast it out? I think there was an, 
an element of surprise on their part. In other words, when they went to cast that demon out, they, they intended, expected for that demon to go. Um, and we'll talk about why they had that thought, that belief, um, here in just a moment. So, remember, this was something they had done before. They weren't in over their heads. They weren't um, getting out ahead of Jesus, doing things they ain't got no business doing, right? This was what Jesus had, had commissioned them, had authorized, empowered them to do, to cast out demons. And so when they went to cast a demon out of this little boy, this was the, the anomaly. This was the outlier. This was the one demon that they had went to cast out that didn't go. And so they came to Jesus for answers. I don't think they were expecting the answer that he gave. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Now, before we go any further, we'll come back either tonight or at a later date and elaborate on this a little more. But I want to I make a connection or help you make a connection um, that the Holy Spirit helped me make. And, and maybe, you, maybe you saw this 10 years ago, but for some reason it, it, it just really popped in my spirit um, the last couple of weeks. Um, and, and, and here's the connection. When the disciples came to Jesus and they said, look, why couldn't we cast the demon out? Jesus said, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there. Here's the connection, okay? They told the demon to move, and the demon didn't move. Are you, are you following what I'm saying here? They, in other words, obviously what Jesus is saying about faith and faith moving mountains um, is, is absolutely true. Okay, and I'm not trying to say that Jesus just used some outrageous example that, um, to make a point, but there's really no truth in it. No, there's truth in it. Um, faith will move the mountain, okay? But remember, they just told something to move that defied them, something that was obstinate, something that um, was supposed to move when they told it to move, and it didn't move. So, you know, Jesus knows how to answer the question that you don't know how to ask. So when they said, why could we not cast it out? I don't think it's a stretch to fit. You know, what they're really asking is, Jesus, we told the demon to move, and it didn't move. So, what else do we need to do? What have you not told us concerning casting out demons um, that we need in addition to what we have done in the past to cast them out? That's what I believe they were expecting. And Jesus said, no, the demon didn't go because of your unbelief. And if you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, you'll say to a mountain, now, a mountain is going to represent the most seemingly immovable thing on planet Earth. It, it's, it's, it's going to represent the most defying, the most obstinate. Mountains don't have ears 
to reason with them. They don't accept bribes to, you know, pay them off. They don't have wheels or legs. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? Physically impossible. Physically um, defying. It, it, it represents um, an obstinate, defying, immovable uh, obstacle. And Jesus said, faith as the grain of a mustard seed. Now, another sermon for another night. What does that tell you about the power of faith if something that is basically less than an eighth of an inch around, that, that small? I mean, you, you can... You could, you could hold a hundred of them in the cup of your hand, okay? Jesus said, the power that is available with one smidgen, one grain of faith is enough to move the most defiant obstacle, the, the most stubborn, seemingly immovable, not gonna move situation on planet Earth. Because remember, faith, faith doesn't come from the earth. Faith comes from heaven. Jesus came from heaven to the earth, and he's, his whole earthly ministry, he's trying to convince us and teach us about this, uh, this substance from his world um, that will move the most defying, obstinate, stubborn, uh, immovable obstacle in this world. Amen. And that substance is faith. So what Jesus is saying here, again, if you, you just ask the Holy Spirit, you feel free to disagree with me on this, but, but I really ask him to, to help me. You know, I've told you this before. I like to meditate and pray in the Spirit and meditate on these things until it's almost like I can see them, you know, hear the conversation, see the expressions on, on their faces. And, and they were, you know, in some ways, I think, you know, really kind of dumbfounded by this experience, not to mention embarrassed. I mean, you, you follow what I'm saying? I mean, you know, they, they went to pray and, 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 and help that little boy. And, um, and basically, you know, nothing happened <laughs> as far as they understood, as far as they believed. And of course, there's a crowd of folks, and now there's a whole argument that's taking place, and and people are saying, "See, you know, you, you know, you can't cast out devils. Whatever made you think think you could do that? And it's not God's will for every devil to go." And you know, all these popular arguments that we hear today, you know, sometimes God gives people devils to punish them. Again, that's a lie, but I'm sure all that was, you know, when Jesus walked up in the middle of it, it's like, "Hey, what's going on here?" You know. And the dad falls on his, one, one version of this story says the dad fell on his knees and begged. This was a desperate father, right? And he's got a situation that he can't handle. And he, and he needs some help. He needs some answers. And he came to the disciples and the disciples wanted to help. They, they wanted to give those answers and they tried to cast the devil out, that little boy, but, but it, 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 you know, no results. And so we see Jesus, who, who then cast the devil out, and then this conversation later. Um, and, the, and Jesus clearly says, it, it, 
it should have been. Let me, man, I'm trying to stay focused tonight, but let's just flow with the Spirit here for a minute, okay? Let me go back up to, uh, and I'll put it on the screen, verse 17. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. Now, um, I want to... Uh, I want to comment on this for a minute as well. This is not reviewing from the last time we were together on the 20th, but when Jesus said, how long, how long am, I, am I going to bear with you, O faiths and verse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. Again, if you look at various translations, other translations of this, what, what we see here is you know, Jesus is, is basically saying, who's, who's going to step up and do this when I'm gone? Right? Who, who, who's who's going to take care of these things when I'm no longer here present with you? Right? That, that's because, again, they, they should have been able to do this. It was their unbelief that kept them from doing it. How long am I going to be with you to do these things for you? The implication, and we'll look at it here in some other verses, but, but again, Jesus is, is, is saying, look, you have faith to do these things yourself. Every time in the earthly ministry of Jesus that He asked things like, where is your faith? How long will I be with you? Why did you doubt? He's clearly expressing a reality that many are blinded to that includes what? You could be and should be doing these things yourself. They thought like many of us still do today that Jesus needs to do this because only Jesus can. Think about how you feel when you continue to do something for someone that they can do for themselves that they should be doing for themselves. Now please don't be offended at this because this is exactly how I wrote this when I was fellowshipping with the Lord and, and, and dialoguing with the Holy Spirit. I am hesitant to use the word frustration in connection with Jesus, but clearly we see some form or version of holy frustration in these experiences with His disciples. Right? I mean, we, we see that in Jesus, you know, rebuking them and, and speaking strongly to them. Now, I know that that is not the image that a lot of people have of Jesus. But Jesus wasn't being mean. Are you understand what I'm saying here? Je Jesus wasn't being hateful. If, if, if I saw my grandson about to put a handful of rat poison in his mouth, I'm liable to get a little keyed up. Because there, there is an urgent issue with his well-being at stake. I'm, I'm, I'm liable to, um, to act in a way that if somebody was just outside and never, and never knew the situation, they might accuse me of overreacting. 
Could it be that Jesus was stern about these things because He understands better than we do the danger of unbelief? What's, what's at stake when we become complacent or comfortable with doubt and unbelief in our lives? Now, praise God. The bottom line is the demon should have left the little boy immediately but it didn't because of the disciples' unbelief. Now, the sooner we can come to terms with that, the better. And, and what I mean by that is we, 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 we come up with all of these different doctrines and reasons and convoluted explanations and, you know, as, as to why things... Um, like this turn out in, the, in, these, in, the, in this way. And, and all of that is just the enemy's deception. All of that is just distraction and, and smoke and mirrors to keep us from the real issue that needs to be dealt with, that needs to be addressed. Now, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. I mentioned it recently on a Sunday. And I, I want to go back because for me personally, this, this has really helped move the needle, I guess, so to speak, in, in my own growth in these things, in my own understanding of these things. And it begins with, and, and this is a, a very important point. This is perhaps more than anything, as I was going back over some notes leading up to tonight, that I really felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to, to come back and, and, and spend a minute here, okay? See, the disciples were given and therefore had authority over unclean spirits. Now, we... Two things here I want to mention before we go any further. Number one, we... We can't lose sight of that, okay? And then number two, the lessons that we learn pertaining to what they were given concerning authority over unclean spirits, that same lesson applies to all the other things that we've also been given power and authority uh, over or access to as New Covenant born-again believers, Okay? So again, it's, it's, it's much easier and, and more enjoyable to talk about somebody else's unbelief, okay? <laughs> but these things were recorded for you and me to learn about ours and, and, and receive help um, in overcoming ours. Amen? I'm talking about our unbelief. So... The disciples were given and therefore had. Remember, anytime God gives you something, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. And what that means is, once God gives you something, it's yours forever. He'll never take it back. Now, you may let that gift uh, grow dormant. Um, remember, 
uh, Paul told Timothy to stir up the gift that was in him. He had a gift in him that, you know, it's, it's, it, I think of it like as grounds, um, you know, iced tea, and it got some tea ground, you know, the, 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 the ground up tea leaves somehow got into the cup that you're drinking. And if you let that settle down over time, it'll all settle to the bottom. But if you stir it up, now it, it, it brings it all back up into the surface. And, and, and so not to try to, you know, compare the things of God to tea grounds. But the point I'm saying is there were some things that had grown cold, that had grown complacent, dormant, what have you. And, and so he was told to, 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 to stir it up, okay? But, but when, when Father, again, gives you a gift, it's yours. So that's why I'm, I feel led by the Holy Spirit to emphasize that they were given authority over unclean spirits, and because they were given that authority and power, they had it. In other words, it's not like, man, you came to me two days late, my... My authority over unclean spirit card expired three days ago. If you'd have seen me on Tuesday, I could have handled that. But, you know, I, I've got to get with Jesus and see about, you know, getting re-upped. And, and maybe this year, you know, he's going to trust me with a 90-day card instead of a 30-day card. No, it's, it, so they had it, right? And I want to show this to you in Scripture. Um, in Matthew chapter 10, which, as we pointed out earlier, um, it comes before 17, Matthew 10 before 17. So before the demon-possessed child was brought to them, they were given, so verse 10, chapter 10, verse 1, and when he, Jesus, had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and power to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. And then he sent them out to do it. Amen? All right? Now, I want you to see Luke's recording of this same experience. And this is found in Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. And the Holy Spirit inspired Luke to record it this way. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. Amen. And then what? He sent them. I'll get it here in just a minute. Amen. Then he called the 12, his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons. Notice what I'm trying to emphasize is that all demons and to cure diseases he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Okay? All right? Now, I'm not trying to treat you like third graders, but let's break it down, okay? How many demons did the disciples have power and authority over? All of them. All means all. So again, I'm stating the obvious on, on purpose, deliberately. If they were given power and authority over all demons and unclean spirits, does all include the demon tormenting the little boy? 
Yeah, it absolutely does. It absolutely does. Okay? Now, could you see the power and authority over demons that Jesus gave to his disciples? It's not a trick question. I'm not trying to confuse you there. When I say could you see it, again, it wasn't something physical. It, it wasn't like he gave them some kind of backpack, Ghostbusters backpack or something. You know, it, it, it wasn't... It wasn't that kind of equipment, but it was equipment nonetheless. It wasn't that kind of weaponry, but it was weaponry nonetheless. It was something that was both spiritual and therefore invisible, but, but all the more real. This was something that they had. Now, if it's spiritual and invisible, how do you use it to produce uh, a result in someone's life? You, by faith. By faith, that's, that's the only way. Okay. So Jesus gave them, and I think it's interesting and, and that the Holy Spirit, all the bases are covered here. Matthew's recollection was um, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out, and the all is in Matthew, all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Okay. Then the Holy Spirit through Luke emphasized all when it came to the um, all gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. So both of them are right. In other words, if they had power to cure diseases, we know that. It's, it's just um, one version emphasizes not just cure diseases, cure all diseases and all sicknesses, all kinds, okay? And so when it says they were given a power and a, a over authority over unclean spirits, it's not wrong. It's just now we have the clarification that it wasn't just over unclean spirits in general. It was over all of them. Right? Are you following this? Okay. So power and authority over all unclean spirits and demons to cast them out, to tell them to move, and they have to move. To, to get them on up out of there. Amen. And to heal the sick. Okay? So, the problem then was not a lack of power over unclean spirits. The problem was a lack of faith in the power they were given by Jesus. In other words, they had the ability to do it, but no faith in that ability. They had the ability to do it, but no faith in the ability or faith in the one who gave that ability to them. All right, now, I want to, Holy Spirit, please help us. Let's, let's kind of ease our way through this next section, but I really, I want you, I want you to walk out of here tonight different. Can I just be bold about that? I, I, I want you to walk out of here tonight with a different understanding of these things than, than you had when you walked in here, okay? Um, would it be correct in the, in the aftermath of this situation, you know, before Jesus came and, and cast the demon out of the little boy, would it be correct to say things like, God didn't answer their prayer. 
See what I'm saying? In other words, you, you follow what I'm saying? They went to cast the devil out of this little boy, and, that, and, the, and the demon didn't go out of that little boy, right? And so in, in similar situations in our world today where, you know, we pray or you going to love me after this is all over? Okay, just hang with me. Now, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm trying to help us all, okay? You know, we, this is where we come up with all of these crazy answers. All of these um, religious hearsay doctrines, okay? Um, how accurate would it have been before Jesus came and cast the demon out for someone to say in response to this that God didn't answer their prayer? Or, again, this is a really popular one right here. It must not have been God's will for the demon to come out of that little boy. Or this one sounds really spiritual, right? Must not have been God's timing. Would it be fair to say that God let them down or the lack of results was somehow His fault? Did God hang them out to dry? Did He tell them to do something and then fail to come through for them when they needed Him the most? See, this is the popular thinking that's wrong. But again, this is how so many people look at these things. And it's why people are, are, are I know, again, I'm not I'm trying to be gentle here. People get mad at God. Now, now, hear me, I, I want you to, again, just easing through this. Did Jesus say, and I'm going to tell you straight up, this is not what he said, but again, did Jesus say, go and preach, and if you happen to come across anyone who is demon-possessed, ask my Father to remove the demon. That is not what he told them. Go and preach, and if you meet anyone along the way who is sick, try to avoid them, but if you can't shake them off, you know, if you, if you just wind up making eye contact, then give them your best religious-sounding prayer Lift your voice real loud so that you sound holy and powerful and spiritual and ask my Father in heaven if it's His will for them to be healed. And if it is, would He please do it right now so that you'll look good in front of everybody? Is that, is that, is that what He's... Absolutely, that is not what He said. Jesus didn't tell the disciples to ask Father God to make the devils go any more than He told them to pray and ask Father to heal the sick people they encountered. Jesus gave them the resources to go and do it. Power and authority to cast out all unclean spirits and to heal all kinds of sickness and disease. You know what this means? The only demon they could not cast out was the one they didn't believe they could. And the only sickness or disease they could not heal was the sickness and disease they didn't believe they could. Amen. Now, 
we, we need to get some things straight here because what we're talking about is an error that is very basic, it's very fundamental, it's very common. Jesus gave them power and authority over all unclean spirits to cast them out. So in a nutshell, he gave them the ability to do something and then instructed them to go and do it. Now, imagine for a moment this scenario, okay? Is it scenario or scenario? I hear it say it both ways, amen. Tomato, tomato, that's right, brother. Your boss gives you an assignment. It's a really important job that needs to be done within the next four weeks. He gives you specific instructions as to how that assignment is to be carried out. He authorizes you to do the assignment and then gives you all the resources necessary to carry it out to completion. How happy will he be if he comes back three weeks later only to find that nothing has been done? And then how happy is he going to be when he asks you why nothing has been done and you tell him you've been waiting on him to do it? Do you see why there's some holy frustration there with Jesus? I don't think we're going to keep the job, are we? I've been waiting on you to do it, boss man. Matter of fact, I've not given up on you. I've come to this job site every day for the last three weeks. And because you ain't here doing it, I figured it wasn't your will to do it anymore. Been calling headquarters, leaving you messages with your secretary. Won't know where you are. You ain't been down here doing nothing. See, this is the mindset that so many people have. Getting all mad at God and accusing Him and believing all kind of crazy things about Him. question we need to ask again who is waiting on who because so many folks have entered into this stalemate with God and they're waiting on him and my friend he's waiting on you he's waiting on me Now, I'm going I'm to land this plane right here, okay? But just, this answer for me personally was um, a huge breakthrough. And it's really simple, but it has to do with the understanding that comes once you understand the difference between general or we could even say universal faith versus 
specific and personal faith. Now, I offer to you tonight that before that man brought that demon-possessed boy to the disciples, that the disciples believed that demons could be cast out in the name of Jesus. They believed it before they ever met that boy. They believed it when they prayed for that boy. They believed it after the demon didn't come out of that boy. Again, listen to me now. They believe that, in other words, their general belief that demons can be cast out by Jesus and by others that have been authorized by him to do it, that general aspect of faith never wavered. But there's a difference between a general belief and a specific one. There's a difference between a universal belief like something like this, well, God is God and he can do anything. Okay, that's kind of universal. It's real general. Okay. That's very different from something that is specific and personal. I've had people tell me, and I, matter of fact, I try to teach these things other places. This isn't the only place that the Lord has me teaching. And I was teaching on these things, I don't know, about three or four weeks ago. And a gentleman at the table, he says, hold on a second. I had a friend that believed for healing all the way to the day he died. How do you argue with that, right? I'm not questioning. Listen to me now. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm looking for answers here. I'm not, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feet. Listen to me now. I'm looking for answers, right? There are folks that sit in these purple chairs that believe God to the day they left this earth. They believed, him. they believed in healing. They believed he could heal. They believed he did heal. They believe he has healed. They believe he will. It's his will to heal. All that stuff, right? But see, there's a difference between a general belief and a specific personal one, right? Let me, let's, let's move off of healing and see if this will help you better, right? Because remember, as you receive the Lord Jesus, so walk ye in Him. Do you realize that a lost man can believe that God is able to save, can believe that it's God's will to save, can believe that God has saved people in the past, can believe that God will save people in the future and still die in his sins and go to hell. Because again, all those things I just told you were, were general, universal beliefs, things that are held in common. I could give you some definitions. I don't take the time to do all that right now. What The difference between general, general and specific and universal and personal. Again, I think you probably have a good feel for those words anyway. But the idea is, you know, remember the devils believe, devil, the devil believes there is a God and trembles. He, he has a general universal belief in the existence of God. He ain't born again. You, you see what I'm saying? 
It's one thing to believe that God can save. It's another thing to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that He's your Savior. Do you see the difference here? And so this is where I think this confusion comes from. It's like, man, we, we, we believe the whole time, Pastor Mark. I mean, I, I've known people that wouldn't even let a negative word come out of their mouth. Because they believe negative words were, were not good and healthy, and they're right. But see, that's, that's more of a general belief. I'm not saying it's not important. I'm not saying it's not right. Okay? But it's one thing to believe in healing. It's another thing to believe you are healed. See, you see the difference there. One's general. The other's specific. Come on, stand with me. Praise God. Man, I, I, I'm not, amen, I'm not trying to, oh, praise God. A general belief in the existence of God is not enough to receive his gift of salvation. You can believe God is a healer and never believe that he's already healed you. See, one is general, universal, the other is specific and personal. Now, when you start, when you start taking the, a general approach to faith and start looking to make it specific and personal, right? One of, the, one of the ways that you need to, if you're not doing this already, you need to take the Word of God concerning the things in your life that you're believing for, and you need to personalize them. Not, not just by the stripes of Jesus, um, we are healed, I am healed. Right? You see the difference there? Personalizing this thing. Father, I thank you that you've given to me a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. I thank you that Mark Edward Winslet's eyes of understanding have been enlightened. See, now I'm, I'm, I'm personalizing this thing. I'm making it specific, right? Are you seeing this? So I, we, we, we get, oh, praise God. It, it becomes a very deceptive thing. Very deceptive thing. But you, you, you need to ask Father, right? I don't, know the, I don't know what you're believing God for in your life and your family. Maybe it's something to do with your finances or a job or a car or what have you. But begin to, man, God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. Yes, yes, he does, okay? But again, we've got to make sure that that's not just a general belief and never personal, never specific. Well, i got some stories. I'll tell them later, but there's been some things in my life where the Lord's really led me to one time my first job at Chick-fil-A uh, an evangelist challenged us to write down something we needed I needed a job I was praying for a job he said write write down a date on there that you you're believing for that to come through in your life you know and I, I just a date popped up in my head I wrote it down my friend Corky McFarlane was standing there beside me and he said you realize I think it was kind of like the 
the changing of a month. He says, you realize that's just like six days or something, right? I was like, well, no, I didn't, but anyway, you know. And um, anyway, I, I had the job in, before that date, amen. So again, notice the, that's something specific. That's something, amen. Father, you're good to us. We love you. Thank you for helping us, Lord, tonight. Thank you, Father, for what you're teaching us about, about faith and, and about laying hold of what you've freely given to us by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I give you one last thing to think about as you leave? I gave it to the class. The woman with the issue of blood, who did she ask for her healing? She didn't ask anybody for that. And she didn't steal it. She took what was hers, and Jesus commended her for it. He didn't reprimand her. All right, we love you. Have a great rest of your week. Good things coming.